Good morning, it's um, Steve from the Football Stadium Prince podcast here, nearly forgot my name there. It's episode 13, half past 10 on February, the 12th of February 2021. Goodness me, Um, that's for me, not for you, because this is a podcast, you can listen to whenever you want. Um, Today we're going to be talking about Venus Flytraps, the Glasgow Garden Centre, nope, the Glasgow Garden Festival from 1988, and if we've got time, the Edinburgh Butterfly Centre. How far removed from football can you get with those? (laughs) Anyway, here's the Pac-Man jingle. Okay, there we go. So, what are we doing? First of all, we are going to be working on while I'm doing this podcast, a fine line design of Kezar Stadium in San Francisco. Uh, I am, I'll come, I'm actually doing some other work on Kezar. And in lieu of any suggestions for fine line designs this week, I thought, well, I've been working on it. Um, I've been working on a normal design for this ground for weeks. Thought, why not just stick with it and do a fine line design too? So that's uh, Kezar Stadium, and um, they are its home. Well, it's a a, a massively um, historic ground in San Francisco, but at the, I'm doing it for the purposes of soccer, football, and in particular, excuse me, itchy ear, um, and in particular, San Francisco City FC. But we'll come back to, I'll talk a bit more about um, that in a second. Uh, that, yeah, that wasn't really suggested by anybody, just uh, that, that I'd already been working on it. Um, so what's it all about, just in case you are new, this football podcast isn't really about football, Although I do, since the huge, well not the huge majority of my work, the entirety of my work is about football, so there has to be some football chat. It's really just an outlet for me to be able to talk. Talk to people who aren't my immediate family that are in the house to give me a bit of a break from that. It started off to give me, because before pandemic, before the pandemic, I used to just sit in the house all week long, not speaking to anybody at all. Maybe twice a week I'd go to the coffee shop, but that was just to pick up a coffee, so you get a chat with calling at the at the coffee shop as he's serving me but how long does that last five minutes ten on a good day when there's nobody waiting but that's a good day for me it's not a good day for him I would imagine he'd rather I was there picked up my coffee and went because I don't want to hold anyone else up because then that's good business for him But the main point I'm trying to get at is that it's not really about football. We touch on football every so often. 
we definitely touch on the grounds we're doing and dealing with, working on, having fun with, but as far as the actual sport, tactics, formations, who's in what position in the league, I don't even know how far through the current league we even are anymore, it's all a blur. In fact, I think second division in Scotland being brought to a, a halt again. Um, I think that's the case, and it was a shortened season in any case. Look, I'm I'm undoing my own argument here when I said it's not about football, and now I'm talking about it. So, what have we been up to? It's been since last week quite a lot. I've been very busy. We've had, as I mentioned, as I mentioned at the top of the show, <laughs> um, <laughs> I've been working on Kezar Stadium for the guys at Protagonist Soccer, who are, let me just double check this, they are um an online magazine for lower league football in the in the states, and I believe they are a hard. They have a hard copy of the magazine as well, because I think that's what the work is to do with. Maybe not. Maybe I've got that wrong. But um, either way, there. Um, if you're into lower league American soccer, check out protagonistsoccer.com. Um, you can get links to their Facebook and Twitter. Uh, they have a Patreon page that you can subscribe up to. So I've been doing some work on them. I can't go into too much detail about the the um, the designs themselves. I don't think I can. I should, well, I'm not going to, but there's two designs, I'll go as that, as far as to say that, there's two designs, I'll be handing them over to the guys there soon, hopefully, and then they'll be available on the shop at some point down the line, because there we'll be letting the guys at Protagonist Guys and girls. I've only been speaking to one guy, Josh, but um, I'm not sure the makeup of their their team. But eventually, they will become available on the store. Uh, although the it was initially set up as to do with San Francisco City FC, I, I think I think I can mention this. We've also been trying to incorporate. Every soccer team that has that has played at Kezar Stadium. Am I pronouncing that right? I'm sure I can't get it. Can't get it much wrong. Kezar, Kezar, Kezar. I don't know. I don't know what the accents like over in San Francisco. Um. Yeah. So we've we've switched up the design a little bit to try and incorporate all the teams that have played there at some point, soccer teams, um, I can't off the top of my head 
remember them all, but there, I'm sure there was, I'm sure there's teams like the Nighthawks, the Deltas, um, oh, Golden Gate Gales, maybe something I can't quite remember. Um, so there, so we've switched up the design a wee bit for them. And hopefully they'll be released to the world soon. In fact, the first place you'll be able to see them will be at Protagonist Soccer. Once they're handed over and they do whatever it is they're doing with them, I believe they're going along with some article. And in fact, I will be doing an interview with them at some point. So if you want to read that, make sure you sign up to Protagonist Soccer or give them a follow on Twitter. I haven't actually done it yet. They've sent me the list of questions. I need to get them filled out. I will get on to that, Josh. Don't you worry. Then, what else? We continued with the the 92 in England with Adams Park and Wickham Wanderers. Excuse me. That came about because my uncle got in touch. And again, I can't quite talk about this one too much in case, because it's it was for someone, um, but he got in touch. As for that one, so over the course of the week, I did did that for him. It's also got some adjustments and things done to the one that he wanted. But the regular version is up on the site, and it's at Adam Park, Adam Park, Adams Park. Looks lovely. It looks lovely. It looks like it's in a really nice setting as well. Trees everywhere. And with that one, I've tried to keep the trees quite muted, calm. And then in amongst them all, you've just got this Kraken, Kraken Stadium that I didn't really know much about before taking that one on. Right, how's Kezar coming along in fine line design? It's looking quite good. And I'm still in two minds whether I'm going to be adding all the lanes to this track. I just don't know if the lanes could end up being far too fine and they just wouldn't work on the ones printed on a t-shirt. I have to be careful. So that was Wiccan Wanderers. That took me to, what, 51 out of the 92. So we're well over halfway now. Um, I'm not quite sure. Oh, I had a little note of how many I had in the championship now. But, well, there it is, 51. So the championship now section has 15 teams. I've only got three left to do in the premiership. Oh, I should add a bit of structure to this and just get the premiership done, then move on. That was Wiccan Wanderers, that was grand. I did one day, just for the heck of it, decided to do the King of All Stadiums. Not complete it, it was just a sketch to see how it might work out. The absolute King of All Stadiums, the creme de la creme, where it all started. The Colosseum in Rome. Really didn't have to explain that it's in Rome. Although I guess there's probably venues called 
the Colosseum, but I mean the original. And it looked cool. The date looked funny because the date that I normally have on the prints is the date the club was established. This time I had the date that the venue was built, which uh, was 80, so it, it looked a bit odd to my eye, but that was quite cool. That was fun to do. I might see that one through to conclusion, but I need to, um, that's just in spare time. Oh, there's lots of nice trees around Kezar Stadium too. Oh, I like trees, especially when you're stuck in doors. Can't really see many, especially where I live in London. All the places that are green, I've been to. I've seen them all before. There we are, those trees look grand. So there's the Colosseum. Um, where else? Oh, so we moved from Rome and we went all the way over to South America to Uruguay and Brazil. Montevideo and Sao Paulo. To do, now I'm going to have to take a little pause on the drawing and look at my sheet because I've written them down to make sure I get these right. So in Uruguay, in Montevideo, we did Estadio Centenario. 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 Estadio Centenario. Think I got there in the end. Estadio Centenario. Um, it was the home, it was the venue for the very first World Cup final, which fans of the World Cup will know was won by Uruguay. Their first win. Their second win. Their second win. Was it in Brazil? Against Brazil? And at that time Brazil played in white. And then after that result, Brazil stopped playing in white because they were so embarrassed by the outcome. Is that true? Is that made, or have I made that up? Or has somebody made that up and convinced me that it was true? Anyway, we did that. It's it's um, it's a proper old school South American stadium. It's got incredible murals around the outside of it, which obviously the design I went with honed in on. It's not available on the site yet, but I will get it up there. If you check Twitter, you will definitely be able to find a picture of it. Um. Yeah, and it, uh, and I am lifting this directly from Wikipedia. Um, in 1983, it was declared by FIFA as the only historical monument of world football. The only place of its kind to have that award. Um, so there you go. They dished out one award and gave it to the, the home of the World Cup. 1930. Despite... Football being played in nations long before that. I'm not trying to take anything away from the stadium, it's incredible. Murals are incredible. I wonder how long they've actually been there. Um, they look sort of... Well, it's hard to tell when when you're on the other side of the world, but from 
European art point of view, I would have said they were, I don't know, 1960s, but different parts of the world have different movements and things at different times. So that was Uruguay, Estadio Centenario. It was cracking. And then also went to Sao Paulo. Now I started doing this one, the Estadio Municipal Paulo Macado de Carvalho. Or, as it's known locally, Estadio do Passaembu. Passaembu? Not quite sure how to pronounce the A and E when E follows A. A E. Pacaembu? Passaembu. But the full name is Estadio Municipal Paulo Mercado de Carvalho in Sao Paulo. Now when I started doing it, I just did it because it looked like an absolute belter. Like a... Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Art Deco style frontage to it. Frontage? That's not right. Facade? Is that the right word? I should know this. Um, an Art Deco style facade and it was cracking so I just moved on with that one and then quickly discovered it's not actually the home of any football team <laughs> it's the home of their the, Argen, the Argentine no the Brazilian rugby team although football teams do play there on occasion when they need um, when they need a greater capacity, <clears throat> excuse me. So the big teams of Sao Paulo often go there: Corinthians, Palmeiras, Sao Paulo. Um, Santos play there sometimes. What is the capacity? Forty thousand. But I did that one, it's nice, it's a nice clean, stylish design, beautiful blue sky. And it's also still not available on site because I only got that finished yesterday, quite late. Um, now if, if you're familiar with Kazar, 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 Kazar Stadium, I am right now trying to draw the the oh, there's a tree there trying to draw the arch that is on the oh is it on the west side looking east I'm trying to do the arch Ah, what am I doing? What, what? I need a tree there that's partially covers, which will make my life a bit easier. Um, so it's a bit fiddly. Oh, it sounded like someone was about to ring the doorbell. My studio's right at the side of the house where the front door is, so you can sort of hear people approach before they get here, but oh, it looks like we've got away with it. So where were we? 
Oh, the phone's buzzing. Maybe somebody did try and deliver something and the doorbell wasn't working. Sorry, two ticks. Well, it's not. It's just spam. So we did Sao Paulo. I need to... Oh, goodness me, I've went and hit the... Turn my phone on. How on the phone and my voicemail? Off, off, off. Should have had that on silence. So what was that? Brazil, yeah. So I need to, I need to get that online, but I also need to. Uh, it's rugby. Totally fine. I've got other rugby ones on there. I just need to. Do I need to make up a section for rugby? No, I think. I think I've got one because I've got Murrayfield in there, which I originally did for. Not for rugby, but for the uh, design for uh, um, a poster for football kitcon, which unfortunately got axed because of COVID. Now there's the arch done. I think it looks pretty good. We need some more trees there. Um, sorry, the the. The potential doorbell going, the phone going, and the, then the voicemail bloody kicking in has thrown me off my whack a bit. 21 minutes, I'm not even... Oh, let's get through what I've done. And the final thing was, I managed to get a new um, Hanwell Town FC t-shirt design, black and white, just the HTFC, which you can't get at the moment, but you will be able to get over on Hanwell Town's official website. You can get... My design of um, Hanwell Town over on their website as well, and other things like tote bags, uh, uh, is it diaries or maybe it's just a note? I think it's just note notepads um, direct from Hanwell Town website. You can also get the regular prints and. Um, the regular prints, t-shirts and whatnot from my site but you can also get them from from the official Hanwell Town website plus their admin is really nice she actually signed up to my Patreon page recently and just in time, maybe a week before the monthly draw to win a monthly draw or win a page for my sketchbook, and she won on the random poll. So if you have a spare quid or so, you fancy, uh, you have your spare quid, you fancy 10% off Football Stadium Prints website for life, code will continue to work forever as long as you're a member um, you want to get this podcast early before everyone else I mean why wouldn't you why wouldn't you want to get this before everyone else um, behind the scenes pictures, work in progress pictures just you can sign up to my Patreon page from just one pound Actually, it's one 
dollar because it was all set up when before I could adjust the payment setup. So it's in dollars. But that's okay. When if you do if you do go fancy signing up and you're on there, it may look like you have to pick one of the tiers, two pound t two dollar tier or the print tier or the t-shirt tier, but you don't. You can just scroll about a bit and an option will appear to make a custom donation. So if you want to just, or you, that's all you can do is contribute a pound, dollar, you can. And it would be massively, massively, massively appreciated. It just goes straight to my hosting costs. Which is a massive weight off my mind knowing that they'll get paid. That's one. It means that the Patreon is like one source of guarantee. It's not guaranteed income, obviously, because I need to keep it up and make sure that I'm working and providing content. But it is at least, I know there is a guarantee of at least some little bit of money coming in that I can go straight to the running costs. So it's a huge weight off my mind. And the less weight on my mind, the more I can get drawn stadiums and get more produce, produced. Um, so if you could do that, that would be amazing. And if you know anybody that would quite fancy listening to this podcast or like what I do at the at Football Stadium Prince, please share it with them. Although it would be a bit of a hard sell, this podcast at the moment, since it's still a bit... still finding my feet with it. So, on to the main show, what's... Oh, I just made a mistake there, but it worked out really well. That is a mistake. Those are the kind of mistakes you like. That is fantastic. Um, Venus flytraps. Why 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 am I talking about Venus flytraps? I don't really remember. But I just remember thinking how obsessed I was with them when I was a kid. Like properly thinking this is how can a plant eat stuff, move and eat it absolutely obsessed with them. I'm getting the the little pavilion building scoreboard thing done. It's coming together quite well. Yeah, they were cool, and that was when I was. Well, that was in the eighties. I'm guessing they were probably on TV shows and stuff a bit more back then. But I was, but um, this is all, well. Um, I was born in '79, so the eighties is obviously all pre internet and things like that but I remember I uh, now that's a mistake we don't like get rid of that back 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 um yeah being utterly obsessed with them and just wanting one just wanting one and eventually I did get one I don't know how I managed I have this 
the other thing I was going to talk about was the Glasgow Garden Festival, pretty much based on the fact that I think it must have been from there. I think it must have... I remember going to the Glasgow Garden Festival. Uh, the Glasgow Garden Festival was this huge event in Glasgow, I think to sort of do with, like, coincide with European City of Culture type things like that, where it was this, to my eight-year-old mind, I always thought I was younger than that when I went, but looking at the facts, I can't argue with the fact that it was in 1988, so I would have been eight. But, being from Brecon, and going to Glasgow was like a big thing anyway, because I was going to this place that was just like a, well, it's a, it's a metropolis, it's absolutely huge, you just, it's mind-blowing how big the place is compared to compared to Brecon. Um So it's exciting in, in itself. And then we went to the Glasgow Garden Festival and it was like, it was what Disneyland must be like, or what I thought Disneyland would, would be like. It was just so colourful and massive. They had a roller coaster, the Coca-Cola roller coaster, which we never went on. I think I, I was either too small or my old man was too scared and just said I was too small to go on it. Um, it was, I, remember, I just remember the fixtures and the, there was like a, a big walkway thing that sort of maybe looked like, what do you call that bit in, in Disneyland, like Main Road. Um, that doesn't sound right, but it was all reds and yellows, blues, just bright and vibrant and it just, <clears throat> when you went in, just seemed so exciting. I weirdly remember on the tannoy, as we were waiting to get in, or as we were coming out to leave, was Bananarama Venus. Holy moly, I'm talking about Venus flytraps, and they were, that song was on. I'm your Venus, I'm your bio. That one, that's a cover, isn't it? Um, but it was definitely around, it was definitely Bananarama. And that was on wrong colour again, Stephen. Um, I think that goes all the way through the back. But it was just, it was mind-blowing. Loved it. I remember there, there was a guy that was making wood sculptures out of using his chainsaw. That was incredible. And then I also remember the the more we went round, the more I realised this isn't Disneyland. It's just a lot of just plants, which is I guess what it's all about. My dad was a gardener. He used to have a garden shop for a while in a garden service. Um, so it was very much we were there for him and his love of all that stuff. And I do remember it kicking in that uh, this isn't quite what I thought it was going to be, but still, I am pretty sure that that's where I got my Venus flytrap from, was there, so something good came of it. Um, but, um, when I got home, it quickly struck, it quickly hit me, there aren't any flies in the house. Maybe you get, maybe you get the odd 
the odd, but I mean, how often do you see them? Maybe you get the odd fly in summer, one or two, but it's buzzing away up in the corner of your room or it's buzzing against the window. I had my Venus flytrap up beside my window for that purpose, thinking, well, if the fly's not going to come to it, I will take the flytrap to where the flies might be. But it was too cold there for it. So that had to be rethought. All I wanted to do was see it eat something. I just wanted to see it eat a fly. But then the boredom got to me. And this probably, this, this wanting it to happen, and this boredom, and what I eventually end up doing, probably all happened in the same day. In my head, it's, it's, it was over a matter of weeks or so. But it will have been, it'll have been in the same day, the first day after getting home. Begging for there to be flies about. Um, I ended up, I, I discovered that, I mean, the, the plant isn't, obviously isn't, it, it's not sentient, is that, the, is that the word? It's not thinking about opening and shutting its mouth. No, that's not right. Um, I, I added quite a lot of garden books. I'm guessing I found this out in one of his garden books or maybe an encyclopedia that was that we had in the house because that's what you had to do before the internet. Um, I discovered that it was sort of sensors on the on the, the inside of the mouth part of the Venus flytrap. Another disappointment was that it was absolutely tiny. Um, like the sort of normal house flies, like, there's no danger it was going to be catching one of them. It would need to be one of the wee, like a wee midgey or something before it was trapping a before it was trapping its next meal. But anyway, once a fly lands on one of those pads, there's sort of sensors, guess hair type things on it, and once they were touched, that obviously triggers some chemicals within the. Venus flytrap and it slams shut. It doesn't slam shut like what I was hoping. Maybe like um, um, I was about to say Rocky Horror Picture Show, but that's not right. The other one, Little 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 Shop of Horrors, Little House of Horrors, Little Shop of Horrors. No, it's slow and not very exciting. But I guess that's the sort of a bit like that thing where you, they say if you have a frog in a boiling, in a pot of water and slowly boil it, it never realizes it until it's too late, and it's dead. I guess it's it works, maybe in that theory where it's slow. The fly doesn't realize that it's about to get trapped, and then all of a sudden its legs trapped or its, it, its wings can't unfold or whatever. Um. So I did that just to see it close. That was a disappointment. I kept doing it. Turns out if you do that, you end up starving your Venus flytrap because all that takes up energy. So I ended up with my obsession and impatience of it trying to get an actual fly. And then also, I'm guessing if it's got an actual fly, it doesn't eat it inside the, the thing. Surely... What he's doing is getting the fly, killing it. It drops out onto the 
the ground decomposes and the fly gets its nutrients that way. Now that I think about it, because it's not, it's not got, it doesn't have a throat or anything like that. So, even if it did catch a fly, my bedroom would end up stinking of dead, dead flies. The dead flies smell, I suppose they must have some sort of smell to them. I mean, it's not the sort of thing you have hanging about very often. You, I mean, you see dead flies, you get rid of them. Um, let's have a look and see how that's going. So that was, so, the, the crux of this is basically to say, if you do get a Venus flytrap, beware, lower your expectations of what you're getting yourself into. Maybe if you do manage to buy yourself a huge one, the experience is a bit more exciting. I'm not sure, I wouldn't put, I wouldn't um, put too much stock in that, I still think that the motion of it closing will be slow. The chances of you being around with there being a fly also there at the same time are low. And if there are flies about, you probably want to be getting that checked out because you, what? Why are there heaps of flies in your house? So many that a Venus flytrap can sufficiently live off them. That's that's not that's not that's not that's not normal. You need to be getting that looked into. I suppose if you've got a greenhouse. Get it out there, but then it, once again, the first, the first problem arises. You've got to be at the right place at the right time to see it happen. That's the tricky bit. That's the tricky bit. Um, the. What? So yeah, I might get. I'm now convincing myself that I want another one. But ah, the other half, she doesn't like plants. She doesn't like plants in the house. So let's just knock that on the head straight away. Don't get my hopes up there. Glasgow Garden Fit. I'm not sure that the maths and the ages add up. 1988. And I had the Venus flytrap in a place called Guthrie Park, Park in Brecon. But in 1990, eight years old, I think I would have been living out outside of Brecon, um, in the Brecon Castle Gardens. So I don't think I did get it at the Glasgow Garden Festival. I think I got it at Edinburgh Butterfly Farm, which is another place that my dad, that's the place that my dad absolutely loved, and we went to if we were in Edinburgh. It was, it, uh, I hope it's still on the go. Well, mind you, it's sort of like a zoo. Wait a minute, my feelings on zoos have changed since I was a kid. 
but let's just tap into it when I was when I was a kid. Back when I was a kid, I loved it because it was it had this. There was a there was a bit where you could had falcons and owls and things, so you could have them sit on your hand if you want. That was cool. There was a golden eagle there, but you weren't. I don't think we were allowed to hold it. It was just too it was too small, and it's massive and absolutely beautiful. That's I mean it's the king of the birds. Doesn't don't even come at me with that. That's the golden eagle is the king of the birds. Um, and then inside, well, it's just a big. Like glass, is it glass house? I can't, it must be, and it's just full of butterflies. Huge, you know those big ones that are like the size of dinner plates. Nah, sizes side plates, not dinner plates. And they would fly about, and loads of them just land on your head and all that. But the best bit about it, other than that, I'm pretty sure that that must be where I got the Venus flytrap. The best bit about it is it had this mud pool inside one of the 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 glass houses. Oh, I had a bit with tarantulas and stuff like that as well, which was great. But it had this mud pit, like gloopy mud pit with artificial bubbles bubbling up through it, so it was like blip, blip, blip. But it just reminded me of the bog of eternal stench from Labyrinth, which at that time, once again, would have been an absolute obsession of mine and I just I would have I admit again times are different when you're a kid so in my head I'm standing looking at this for hours when it won't have been it'll have been a couple of minutes and my dad would be like come on you let's get through to the next bit but it was great all of eternal stage and what a fantastic movie as well I don't it doesn't matter that it's not David Bowie's greatest work. He's doesn't matter that um, there's a whole raft of people who consider it his greatest work. The songs are great. The film is great. End of. It's a bit creepy and weird. But he's cool. The animatronics are cool. Ludo. I was utterly obsessed with Ludo. Again, just couldn't. It's a bit like um, if I met Ludo in real life. This is exactly like when I eventually did go to Disneyland, Disney World. I can't remember which one it is. The one in Florida, and I went to MGM Studios because I was like, "Well, we're going there because it's got a Star Wars ride." This is this was way way back in, well before the Disney. Star the, the Star Wars acquisition by Disney. So way back in two thousand and one, maybe two thousand and two. Um, but they, so they had the one Star Wars ride, Star Tours, I think it was. And and the only reason we went to MGM is so I could go on that. <coughs> Excuse me. And I remember coming. We'd been on the the Indiana Jones. It's not a ride. It's sort of like a show thing. And then when we left there, you're walking along, I come round the corner, I'm like, this is it. You look up and there's this big attack in the distance, head moving towards and looking towards you. But then over to the side was Chewbacca, just standing there. Just Chewbacca just standing there. 
for the sole purposes of getting his photo taken, so he's sort of wandering about a little bit, not far from where he is. And the better half at that time is going, why don't you go and get a photo taken with him? And I'm like, no, I don't want to. I don't want to annoy him. I don't want to annoy him. And she's going, you know, he's, that's not. Re- that's not really him. And I'm like, yeah. And she's going, you do know that even, the it, like it can't even really be him, because he's not real. And I'm like, I know, but there's something in my brain just not allowing me to accept that one, it's not him, and two, it's not just the man in a suit. And I never ended, I ended up not getting a photo of Chewbacca with me with Chewbacca because of not pride out of like not wanting to disturb a very busy Wookiee because that's not what he got famous for, he didn't want all the, the media attention, he just wanted to help save the universe from tyranny. Uh, that's what it would be like if if I was at a conference, a Comic Con or something, and somebody had managed to make their own Ludo costume. I'd be like, I can't. Uh, I'd be starstruck. That's the word I'm looking for. I'd be utterly starstruck. So there we are. Venus flytraps. Temper your expectations. Try not to have such a grubby house that um, your Venus flytrap would thrive. Which in turn is going to make it difficult for your Venus flytrap to thrive. So there we go. Goodness me, 45 minutes. Um, that was great. I'm I am finished. Kezar Stadium. It looks good. It's definitely going to have to go on darker t-shirts because we're using the San Francisco FC colours. So it's red and yellow. On the main it's yellow with a nice bit of red detailing. I've just missed out one important factor. I don't have the pitch laid out. I need to draw the pitch in. But I'll do that in a second. So, thank you very much. If, again, once again, I just need to do another little quick Patreon plug. If you do fancy winning a... a... sketch, a page from my sketchbook, please sign up. Or and for any of the other of any of the other stuff you get from Patreon signing, please sign up. Um, I think if I can get to 50 subs on Patreon, I think I'm at 28 at the moment. I'll start doing two giveaways a month. Um, that seems only fair. Everybody, I think everybody that's won the competition so far, I've definitely given more than one sketch with watercolors. I mean, I've got hundreds, so it's it's quite alright to be doing more than one um, so yeah there we are and it really does, everybody who has signed up so far, you've really no idea how much of a a, a lift and a weight of my mind it is it's uh, brilliant being your own boss it's fantastic getting to draw stadiums all the time but having that just that tiny little bit of extra of normal added security and a, a regular payment is unbelievable unbelievable so there we are thank you very much for tuning in this one was fun i like this one um oh if you've got any suggestions for the next fine line design or you've got any questions or topics that i can talk about please 
stick them in the comments below. Thank you very much and I will speak to you soon. Cheers.